God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Not okay, you're not okay, and for reasons that we will not bore you with, we're going to do the perfect episode right now. I mean, we kind of do the perfect episode every time, but here's why we make it, here's how we make it perfect, by putting in flaws. Because here's what you don't want. If you have a perfect episode, and it's perfect, perfect, that's not perfect. Because no, it's, it's like, right. yeah, it's like if you look at a picture of somebody, and it's been airbrushed, and all the pores are gone, and it just looks like a glass egg. And you're like, is that Monica Bellucci or is that a glass egg? And you're like, I think it's a glass egg. That's not perfect. So what we do is we insert tiny flaws, microscopic flaws. Most people don't even understand. They can't comprehend. But we put them in, and then people come away with the idea, oh, shit, that's Monica Bellucci. That's the Monica Bellucci of podcasts. That ain't no glass egg. You know what the glass egg is? Mark Marin. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's a glass egg. But there are other, there are people that are the glass egg. I I can't get into Mark Marin. He he he's obviously extremely successful, and he seems kind of likable. But his whole I'm a neurotic. Here's the truth about him, man. This is the truth about Mark Marin. All right, dude. I'm listening, dude. Here's what he desperately wanted and wants to be good at is comedy, because in that world, as you know. The scrutiny, like to make it in that world, even if you're not famous, if you're famous amongst comics, if comics think you're funny, that is the only gold. That is the only currency to them. Right. Now, if you get a TV show or a big special or you can go on tour and sell tickets, great. But all of those motherfuckers will happily die in obscurity as long as they're a comics comic. And here's what he isn't a fucking comic. His comedy sucks. But here's what he does, and this is sort of his curse. He's been cursed by some god or gods who did not look upon him with favor because here's what his job is, and here's what he's good at. His job is to forever interview people who are good at their jobs because he's good at that. He's good at talking to Sarah Silverman and and whomever. Name, name anyone. He gets the best guests in the world. Popeye. Popeye the Sailor Man. Even Bluto, he gets on there. Olive oil, I'm told, is scheduled for next season. So, but he has he is doomed to talk to these people, and he, you see it come out most with comedians, because that's what he really wanted and wants to be is a successful comedian that comics think are funny, and he's not. You know, it was really hard to interview Popeye because that dude's fucked up on drugs, dude. That dude, I don't know if you've ever seen that dude. He is fucked up on drugs. Now he's eating his spinach. To try to fucking gain some equilibrium from his fucking crazy ass drug binges. But have you seen his arm? That's from shooting up IV drugs, dude. Nobody has forearms like that unless you're, that shit's all fucking infected. That dude is fucked up, dude. And then you ask him a question, you're like, so recently, you know, I, I know that you made a, a an ocean voyage uh, from you know, Zanzibar to Tanzania. How was that trip? And he'll just be, he'll just be like, toot toot, I'm Popeye the sailor. He's fucked up on drugs, dude. All right, that first, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, instead of saying motherfuckers, can we say what you said in your last monologue? And call what him, was that? 
motherfuckles. <laughs> I prefer that a lot to That's motherfuckers. My children's book that I'm writing. So oh, motherfuckles. Yeah, yeah. The motherfuckles. You get the phonetic, you know, the the phonetic pleasure, the satisfaction of saying it, but without the, uh, but without the actual meaning, without the actual word being said. Right. And it's a victimless crime, which were my favorite crimes. Uh, I prefer victim, victimed, victim crimes, like crimes with victim victims. Crime? Well, I feel like if it's victimless, is it a crime? Is Chris Harrison, dude? Can we talk? Should we not? Should we just? Skirt the Chris Harrison sub. Do you know what, what I'm talking about? The no, Bachelor. Chris is. No. So the host of The oh, Bachelor man. is the Bachelor part of the perfect episode. When I'm thinking about our perfect episode, is you talking about The Bachelor for 15 minutes really part of the perfect episode? As you're sniffing a rose, why do you have that? Well, because there's going to be a rose ceremony later, and I I need to make sure that I have the rose that I can give to. Uh, the deserving lady of my well, for those of you for those of you who haven't hopped on the patreon yet and can't watch these luxurious videos which by the way we're both looking really good today things are looking good uh you won't be able to see that bob just sniffed a large rose like fucking hercules like fucking fabio well here's what here's what happened this doesn't this is doesn't well all right it's not about the bachelor exactly but it is obviously concerning the bachelor chris harrison's the host he's been the host for 30 years he's he's the show okay can i guess i'm gonna make one guess at what what happened what he made headlines for i'm just only gonna guess one time then you can tell me okay did he die of diarrhea yes how did you (laughs) dude how did you guess that yeah he got some real bad diarrhea and he pooped himself until he was actually died which is which used to be you know like hundred years ago and before that's how people died that's how most people died was they would get diarrhea and it's rare nowadays that people get diarrhea and die well the people that i don't like in this world and we don't have to go into who they are because that doesn't matter everyone doesn't like people in this world and i would never kill somebody unless they hurt my family but i do have like death wish type stuff like ugh. and i and so if someone's going to die let's just take someone that everyone can agree hates like hitler at least I hope everyone can agree. When I wish for them to die, I wish for it to be via diarrhea. That's what I wish for, death by diarrhea. That sounds good to me. Like Sounds great. If somebody said you could die of cancer or diarrhea, I'm like, sign me up for diarrhea. Oh, you'll take the diarrhea. That sounds, because it sounds to me like one of the worst ways dude, to die. Dude, I love to poop. And wow. dude, there's nothing that clears you out. Dude, if I'm having a hard time on a diet and I get a bad case of diarrhea, I feel like, dude, I just like lost like two or three pounds. It's the easy way to lose weight. Well, remember when one of the happiest days of your life, you told me. <laughs> Did it involve diarrhea? It's, it does involve diarrhea, actually, is I had a bus driver once, a tour bus driver who drove Scott Weiland. And in the country world, we had a different bus driver every weekend. Usually, sometimes we'd have some regular guys that kind of got assigned to us if we were particularly busy. Anyway, none of that matters. So I'd like to sit up front. You know, the the first when you bus out at first, it's not late at night and you haven't played a show, so you're not tired. And so I can either sit in the lounge and drink with the band, which I like to do, but I also like to go to the front, make a cocktail, and go to the front and sit with the driver and get to know the driver. This is the guy that's fucking driving me while I'm asleep. And usually drivers have great stories. So this is one driver. This one weekend drove Scott Weiland. And of course, rest in peace. He's dead now of diarrhea. I don't know the, I haven't read the reports, but 
Well, so he, this guy tells me, he's like, yeah, I drove Scott for like six years. And of course, I'm always like, hey, if you can't tell me anything, don't. But if you, whatever you feel comfortable telling me about Boyd Tinsley or Scott Weiland or Pantera or Tool or, Se- or all these people that these people drive, I'm like, I would like to know whatever you're willing to tell me about the drug sitch, about the chick sitch, about their party sitch. I want to know whatever is available. And he said, Scott Weiland's super nice. He said, but all he does all day is eat laxatives. And that's how he stays so thin. And I remember telling you that. And you were like, this is like the happiest day of my life. (laughs) Because it wasn't that he um, worked hard to stay thin. He just didn't eat anything but fucking laxatives. It feels like a way out. Like it feels like I think you were like, I'm going to go get some laxatives. Yeah. I, well, that's the thing. Like, I'll hear you're joking, of course. But no, I'll hear funny. something like that, and I'll go. That does like that sounds like a great way to lose weight. Like, because I hate to, I, I like bulimia sounds like a. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. You just eat whatever you want, and then you puke. But I don't want to puke. Like, that's so dis, you know, not cool. But I love to poop, so I like <laughs> the idea of laxatives. But then I'm like, that can't be good for you. But you know. What, what did Scott Wayland do? He fucking slammed dope into his arm for years, tried to get sober, and then started chewing laxatives. And he's dead, and I'm alive. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like wearing a hat. Like <laughs> It's you just know, like wearing well, a hat. Well, most, most, you know, if you look at most rock and roll people, they all wear hats occasionally. Yeah. Right. yeah. And And I, look, I could make more money gain more notoriety get new fans people would like me more if i put on a hat but here's what i don't like to do paint a pony blue and call it a magic pony because it ain't it's a painted pony painted blue it ain't no magic pony you and i tried to wear hats once we went and bought hats one day and we tried to wear them to the gig that night it was at uh floors maybe it, anyway, it was something. There's no awesome. way I wore that hat. Did I wear it? I think you. I think you chickened out and bailed like right before. But I think I did try to wear the hat. You, I've seen you wear hats on stage, so I know you've done it. I've put on a hat. I've looked in the mirror, saw no myself, band. and then taken it off and then walked out the door with no hat. No band has ever attempted to make fun of me more. No band I've ever been in, even when I was in bands in fucking high school has ever attempted to make fun of me more than my band than, than your fucking band who are all my friends when we were in new york city playing the bowery and i went and bought a hat that day and i loved it it's a panama hat first of all it's not a fedora and it's not a fucking cowboy hat it's a fucking panama hat and you guys gave me so much shit but but i'm kind of like iron man i'm impenetrable it never really got to me because first of all it's funny it is funny Second of all, I knew it looked cool, and I, w- I had no doubt that I looked cool. So there was no problem, huh? So, so have at it. And you guys were calling me Crocodile Dundee and shit. Yeah. And uh, a, a famous lady came to that gig. I don't know if we want to say who it is. It doesn't really matter who it is. Laura Haring, who famously was in one of my favorite movies, Mulholland Drive. Laura Haring came to that gig somehow because she's a fan or she knew somebody or whatever. She's got a thing for Australians. She likes she likes Paul Hogan. So Yeah, that was like her favorite movie when she was ten. Laura Laura Harn came. I have a picture of this night where I'm wearing the hat. 
And uh, she said that she liked me. And she said, like, in another life, I would want to, I, I liked that guitar player guy, but I'm too old and I, all this. She didn't tell me she liked me. I'd pro probably still be there if she had told me that. But I did find this out later. So there's the story of the hat. But you guys made fun of me more than any band I've ever been in. It was pretty funny. Well, everybody in my band, all we do, we're like a bunch of tigers or lions out on the Serengeti. And what oh, we're yeah. looking for, we're looking for the we're looking for the weak the small <laughs> we're looking for the weak, lame antelope or whatever other thing there is on there. We're just because we have all day. We have all day and we have a lot of energy, but we don't like to expend it. We we don't unnecessary we're older. We've been around. We're not gonna run around like cubs. We're just gonna sit there and wait for the little limpy the limpy the limpy gazelle to walk across into our view. And as soon as we do, dude. And when you put that when you came <laughs> when you came with that Australian <laughs> shepherd hat. Oh my God, dude! <laughs> we were oh, all of us just we were napping, and all of a sudden we were just like our heads went up. We sniffed the air, and we're like, "Okay, game one." But you know this too, like the worst thing you can do in that situation. Because I will say, I'm not often in that position, but it, uh, you know, no one's safe. Very no one's rarely, safe very rarely are you. Because I keep shit tight, and I keep shit cool. You keep but, shit tight. But here's what you don't want to do when you are in the in the fucking target. You line. don't want to run. You just got to stand, you got to handle it. You got to deal with it. You got to take it. Yeah. You can't run. Running's not an option. <laughs> Running is a real bad move. And there, getting upset's not, not an option. We've got, we've got runners. We've, you've seen <laughs> some people. We've got, we've got run. runners. And the, <laughs> dude, the runners, it's not Let's good. Let's just say they don't make it. They, they don't, don't, they don't make it. They don't make it out of there. Uh-uh. You have to just take it. But the other thing is you got to be real. You keep your shit tight. Dude, you don't you've got to keep your shit. Often. Dude, you've got to keep your shit tight right. on the bus. Even just like a word, like motherfuckle. Like if you would have said motherfuckle on the bus. Bye. Bye for days. That's I mean, days all you're going to hear for the next week on that bus is like, oh, did you check out that motherfucker? <laughs> Like, it's just going to be worked into almost every sentence. It is so funny how a band can be like that. Bands love each other. And like, at the end of the day, you're the same 10 dudes going to every city. So there's like a tribal thing about it. But because we're all up each other's ass the whole time, man, if you make a, make a little bitty boo-boo, it's like, oh, something to do. Something well, here, to do. here's what we're doing. We're flying through the atmosphere. There's a stranger that's controlling our destiny called the driver. Yeah. And we're basically homeless with nothing to do uh, in a bus that smells vaguely of balls and farts, but and alcohol and cigarettes if people smoke or whatever. And we're stuck there all day. And so all we're trying to do is find something that's going to make us laugh, whatever that is. That's all we're trying to do. Just laugh and get through the day. <laughs> and we and that's what you do. You know, you figure it out. You, you figure, you know, there's a lot of uh, reading. There's a lot of withdrawing into yourself and watching like your phone or computer or whatever. Staying in your bunk. And sometimes you buy a hat. 
just because that's what buying the hat even was too. Buying the hat was, I'm just trying to do something. I'm trying to feel something. Yeah. I'm trying to experience something different and new. And so I know that I'm not de- a dead shell. Right. Because people that w- who aren't in bands will watch a movie about being in a band and all you're seeing in the movie is rocking out on stage, wild, crazy parties, the guy jumping off the roof into the pool afterwards at, the, at, the, at the sorority house. But really what happens most of the time, 98% of the time, is just dudes sitting around, just dudes sitting around not doing anything. And of course, well, I, there's no movie I, yeah, like that. No one will watch it. And, you know, no one would watch movies about anything that's mostly real. But here's the thing. If we did make a movie about our tours, the thing about those movies is those things do happen, too. Like, if there was a movie about our tours, it would have some fun shit in it. Oh, it would yeah. be like a movie about rock bands because we do all that stuff, too. But, but would it be? would it be? <laughs> that's the other thing. Would it really be fun? I mean, would it really be fun? To watch it? I mean. No. Oh, no, not for me. I mean, I I watch it in real. I watch it in three D, and I mean, I mean, I'm like, okay, that's what's going. That's what's going on. Like you, everybody goes out after the gig. I I you know I'm sober twenty five years. Last thing I'm doing is going out. I'm I'm not going out. That's a drinking man's game. Going out. If you're going out and you're not drinking and you're not single what are you doing i don't think i ever did a post show hang with you ever in all the years no right when i first got sober the first time i went to new orleans after i got sober i'm like i'm gonna do everything i used to do in new orleans i'm gonna stay out all night like watch the sunrise what are you a fucking fucking vampire poet now (laughs) i'm gonna stay out all night well i never went to new orleans and didn't party until at least daybreak, usually noon, because the bars don't close there. They don't close at yeah. two. Right. So that's what I would always do. And I would always, you know, kind of fear for my life. I'd be like, well, maybe I'm not going to make it out this time because it's sketchy. And I would get myself into sketchy situations. But I was like, all right, let me do that when I'm sober. And I did it. And guess what? Guess what that is? Going out and hanging out with drunks all night until the sun comes up real boring oh yeah i've had stretches where i just quit drinking for a month or two just to make sure i was okay and i'm like yeah i'm still gonna go out with my friends it's no big deal and yet you get to that point around like 2 a.m where you look around and you're like is this what we're like and it's like ugh, this sucks we're stupid <laughs> dude i'm ta- i'm talking about like se- six seven eight o'clock in the morning and then also trying to hook up with with a with a nice lady Doing that sober, and that requires a lot of listening to a lot. Oh, tell me some more. And uh, listening to that for, dude, the whole thing was horrible. And I was like, okay, I did that. I don't need to do it again. And so, you know, obviously I meet you 15 years after that. And you're like, hey, man, let's go out. I'm like, no, I'm going to stay right here where it's warm and i definitely transitioned into that a little bit after you and i were touring but there were a couple of dudes in our crew well there's one guy who i'm real close with and he always stayed like you he would have maybe a cup of wine and we would be like dude we're gonna go blah blah and he would just laugh he'd be like 
there's just no way I'm going. It's just easy for me. There's no way I'm going out there with you fucking knuckleheads. So he has so that some, he has that after gig mm-hmm. cup of wine. Well, dude, we were on a country bus. Our our just full of solo cups, you know, because oh, okay. beer and so he we would just put everything in a solo cup. We didn't have like nice stemless glasses on a tour bus. You didn't have any stemless glasses? Stemware, please, anyone uh, for my county. No, so Kev Kev would always stay and he would even look the the look the complete happy resolution on his face of like he had no fear that he was missing out on shit. He was like, bye. Yeah. So so I started to become that way a little bit and had these two other knuckleheads that always went out. And they would have to drag me out sometimes. They would have to really convince me. Like, because here's here's Clint boy. Here's Clint in his mid-30s. All right, we're going to go to the after parties at blah, blah, blah. Here's me. I'm just going to hang out with Kev, man. We're going to watch a fucking documentary. They know this about Clint in his mid-30s. Clint, before his first two cocktails, is sleepy, grumpy Clint. Wants to go night-night. Getting bunk, go night-night. But Clint, after two cocktails, I'm having a good time. I'm hugging I'm telling him, thank you for pulling me out. Thank you. I'm a grumpy asshole. Let's do it. Before you know it, I'm singing Prince on karaoke. Some chick's telling me she's a vampire. She's going to kill me. I'm bribing the DJ 50 bucks to let me sing another Prince song. Everyone's laughing and having a great time, and I'm probably wearing a hat. Yeah. But you've never really seen that. I've seen it. I've seen it. (laughs) I've seen plenty of it. I mean, I haven't seen all. Of, I haven't seen every minute of it, but I've seen, I've seen hours of it, and hours is fine. <laughs> I've seen hours of it. Here's what. Here's what I know. I'm not missing a damn thing, which is you know. Here's 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 what I would never do when I was before I quit drinking. Am I staying in ever? Never ever never. I'm, I don't care. Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to go down into a hole in the ground where it's dark and rats are, and you've got a bottle of Chianti? Oh, I'm going. I'm not staying in. Like, once I had a drink, I'm going out. Yeah. This the, let, me t- let me just give you a quick. This is me in the pre-95. Ring, ring. Hello? Hey, it's Bob. You want to go out? You want to go down to 6th Street? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you come by and grab me? Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right, seeing a few. Ding dong. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Here, uh, you want a beer? Yeah, yeah, I got one. All right, boom, boom. Chug, chug, chug. All right, let's go down to 6th Street. Okay, cool, let's go. Park, park. Go to the first bar. Oh, man, hey, blah, blah, blah. what's going on? Hey, man, I got to go to the ba- I gotta go to the bathroom. All right. I'll be right back. Bathroom. Right, walk right past the back bathroom. Out the back exit. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. I'm just using that person as a free taxi. I will not see that person again for weeks. <laughs> and they'll be like, and the next time I call them, ring ring. Hello? Hey, it's Bob. Dude, what happened to you two weeks ago when we went downtown? Oh, I don't know. You want to go downtown? Um, sure. The end. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> Repeat. But then, okay, but yeah, you've told that story before and it's super funny. But like, 
So you go out the back door and you ghost your, your, your ostensibly your friend who took you there. Dude, I would ghost anybody. But then but then here's my question. Like there's like a whole graphic novel series about what Bob does after that. Are you just lone wolfing it through the fucking alleys of Sixth Street? I'm making friends. Oh, you're making new friends. I'm making yeah. new friends and yeah. and new enemies. It 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 quickly it's a revolving door. That friend soon becomes an enemy very quickly. So you got to keep moving. Well, I believe it was Nietzsche who famously said that love is just an in-between truce between two enemies. Yeah. So you're walking that fucking Nietzsche tightrope on 6th Street, baby. Well. Hey, so listen. So anyway, what's up with this Chris Harrison guy? <laughs> so Chris Harrison. So what happened? I don't even know for sure. All right. Here's the thing. So Chris Harrison does an interview with this chick that used to be on The Bachelor. And she's calling out the chick who's one of the finalists on The Bachelor. Her name's Rachel. She had some stuff on her Instagram where she went to a Old South antebellum party mm-hmm. uh, in 2018 or whenever Which is cancelable it was. A few, few years ago. And it's just basically, and they show a picture of it, and it's just like, you know, 30 white chicks all wearing like dresses like the, you'd see in Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. And then they also show a TikTok that she liked that had a couple girls in front of a Confederate flag. And she liked the TikTok. So those two things were she was being called out for a racist. Now she's on The Bachelor. It's the first black bachelor that they've had. And she's one of the finalists and she's really into him. Uh, She's not like the whole time going, I can't believe I'm dating this guy because he's black. Uh, She seems really into him. Anyways... Mm -hmm. But they did see that she went to a an old South party when she was 18. And, you know, and then she also liked a TikTok that had a Confederate flag. So this chick is, is who, who is black, the interviewer, is interviewing Chris Harrison. And she's like, what's the deal? You know, what do you think of this chick? And, and he's just going, hey, I don't know. There's just a picture of her at this old South party. There's, you know, that's all I know. I, you know, I know her from the show, but I haven't talked to her. I haven't talked to her since all this came out. So I don't know. I don't know what the whole story is, but you know, maybe we should show a little compassion. Maybe we should ask her side of this. Like he was just saying normal, sensible things. Maybe we should ask her side of the story. And a week later, he said he was stepping aside from the bachelor for because of that interview because of that interview and then wow. he he apologized like hey i'm really sorry i wasn't listening to this chick and i was kind of talking over her and i should have been listening and you know she knows more about it than i do obviously and and so i'm gonna listen he should, and he should have been listening when she's asking him what do you think and he's telling her he's like i should have been listening while i was answering right but but the backlash to that to him stepping down and it's temporary. He's. It's not a. It's not a cancelable thing. It, it's just like a. Hey, I'm gonna step back and not do the last episode, basically, because it's a live finale. So for the live finale, they got a black guy who's gonna host the the finale. It's, uh, wow. it's like a, a NFL football player guy. Okay. And uh, but which is kind of is kind of ridiculous. But what ends up happening is. You have Bachelor Nation. You have this huge group of people, mostly women, but men and women, 
who love Chris Harrison and love The Bachelor. And as soon as they find out that he's having to not be the host, even if it's just one night, they fucking freak out and go after this chick. And she had to close down her Instagram a couple days ago because there were thousands and thousands of like really nasty comments on her Instagram. Man, the world is just getting so weird about all of this. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's, it's, he got asked to step down or like take some heat off because he didn't respond correctly to what this other chick did. I don't know if they asked him or if he just did it. Of course they asked him to. Of course they did. He's not going to, he's not volunteering that. He wants to be on TV. He didn't do whatever fucking shady deals and soul selling that you have to do to be on TV only to voluntarily say, I won't be on the probably highly, most highly watched episode of the TV show I'm finally on. These people are Hollywood people, man. You know what these people go through to get on goddamn TV? Well, let let me just tell you this. Chris Harrison has all the money in the world. It's not about money. I'm telling you, dude, he has all the money in the world. He, I'm sure he was just like, you know what? I don't don't want, want I don't even want to deal with it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm let's get somebody else to do that last live episode. I'm not going to deal with this. This is too much. If if this is what's going on and and I guarantee you next season, next season, he'll be back. For sure. I'm guarantee you they the network had many meetings where they had to thread the needle of we're going to get backlash if we fire him because our I can, they can look at a sheet of paper that tells them exactly who their audience is. I'm, I'm sure down to the point of this percentage of our audience is pro cancel culture. This percentage of our audience is against it. We can't cancel him. What can we but we have to send a gesture. Having him step down is like the, the to them like the perfect little compromise. Well, it works great too because it also creates all this frenzy. So now everybody's going to be watching yeah. it, and right. everybody's going to be checking. You know, like it creates this huge buzz for the show. So it works. He's still getting paid. Like Chris Harrison's still going to get paid. So it works. It kind of works for everybody. It's a little bit of a trolling situation. It's all b- very benign. Like when I heard about it, I was like, "Shit, what did he like?" You know. Did he like try to come on to one of these ladies? No, nothing, nothing like that. Just him just saying normal, sensible things. But it's all this internet outrage shit and it, and that's all fine. It's just very of the time. It's everyone is just very triggered, et cetera. But guess what? Guess what is the casualty, the collateral damage in all this? An actual conversation about racism. So racism now is just used as a little fucking tool for a bunch of people to just play these games about outrage culture. And no one's no one's looking at that. No one's going, it's, that's what's gross to me. There was a conversation to be had about her going to an antebellum party. Is she a racist because she went? No. But what does it represent? And what does people's sort of ignorance about these symbols mean about sort of latent racism and culture? That's not being talked about now. Now it's all, well, he, he stepped down, but why? And then they got a black, of course they get a black guy to do it. And then... Oh, but uh, uh, but but then now the the angry white chicks who love Chris Harrison are boycotting, and it's like meanwhile the conversation that really should have been happening that it's all under the auspice of being about racism isn't happening. Dude, I'm with you, and you said it. You said it well. But guess what? We've come to the end of a perfect episode, one that needs Another no editing, episode. no pruning, nothing. You can just put the, dude, we should have just done this live because it was perfect. Anyways, we want to thank our perfect listeners who we uh, love and adore. You can go to patreon.com backslash IOK and become a Patreon member today and you can watch me sniff this beautiful rose. 
on and watch the video if you'd like. You can also get some extra stuff. Um, also check out Clint's other podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast, and check out my other podcast, The Song Game. In the meantime, we're going to go to this thing called The Secret Weekly, which you also get access to when you go to Patreon. Until next time, bye. 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 <laughs>